One of my superpowers is growing communities and connecting people. I love doing this. I have had a community in my business for years. And I've had some really, really big communities at that. Some of them I've actually shut down. I shut down a group of around 25,000 photographers. And there's so much that goes into growing a community that I could share with you. But I wanted to start today by sharing the main things that you need to do to grow a good community. Because I've done it wrong. I've had groups overrun with spammers. I've had haters in my group. I've had negative Nellies coming in and giving critique to people and making you know, the members feel like they can't really share or that it's not a safe place. And I've had people try and take advantage of my groups for their own gain. I've had people try and steal my groups for that matter. Like, oh my goodness, I've got stories. Oh, do I have stories. But... I have learned some incredible things throughout the years of growing community. And so today, in this episode, I want to talk about how to create an incredible community, a community where the members love to show up, a community that is active and engaged and that buys from you when you offer your stuff to them, a community that isn't full of spammers, that isn't full of negativity, and that really feeds your soul. Because it's a lot of work to build a community. And there's a lot of people who put tons of time and effort into it and still end up struggling with it. And I've seen lots of people actually shut down their groups because it can be really hard as it grows big to um, keep it in check and keep it being the awesome place it was when they started the group. So The stuff I'm going to share with you today is really foundational in terms of being able to grow an awesome group long term, and I cannot wait to dive in. I'm Jamie M. Swanson, and this is My Personal Brand Journey, the podcast for successful entrepreneurs and influencers who want to scale their business by growing their own personal brand. So let's dive right in. So the very first thing that you need to get clear about before you start a group is what exactly is this group going to be about? Okay, so this is kind of like having our core messaging all clear, like I talked about back in episode 30. What is the one main thing that this group is going to be known for? So when people say, hey, I really need help with this, I'm going to go ask in this group, in this community, right? Now, This should probably be tied to your core message that you want to be known for in your personal brand, right? So for example, for me, I have a group on personal brand photography. Now I know that's not, you know, a super fun, fancy name, but if somebody searches for personal brand photography, whether they search on Facebook or in Google or wherever else, I'm going to pop up because that it's very clear what the group is about. So when you name your group and you decide what it's going to be about, make sure it's really clear. Because then when somebody has a question about that, that's where they go to ask the question. That's where photographers go to learn how to do this for their clients and how to add this to their business. And so this is so important because it, it can be really easy to start a group and say, especially with personal branding. And this is this is why a couple episodes ago, I was talking about like how to keep your one main thing, the main thing, and use all your other stories to just kind of see it in different lights. But we need to do the same thing with our group. Because if we just create a group of people who follow us, 
people aren't really going to know what to engage, like what kind of questions are appropriate or what they should be posting. And the only people that are really going to post there are going to be people who either want spam or they want to use your platform for some other reason, or they just, they post wherever because, you know, they might love you and want to get your attention or whatever else, but it's just not going to grow at the same speed as it would if it's really clear as to what the purpose is and what kind of questions would be appropriate to ask in this group, okay? So that's where you have to start if you want to have an awesome group long-term is with clarity about what this group and this community is all about. Like what topic are you united around? Then second, and this is where you have to do the legwork first, is you need to create a collective identity for all of our members to adopt, okay? So for example you need to get really clear about what the culture of the group is going to be. So what's allowed and what's not allowed. Now, I have, most of my groups are for photographers and I don't let people post photos. And you might say, well, that's really weird. Why wouldn't you let your photographers post photos? And the reason is I use Facebook as my group platform because that's what works best right now in today's day and age. And so when you post an album of photos to Facebook, it like clogs up the entire feed. If people, if you post 10 photos and people comment on all 10 of those images, the whole feed is dominated by that. And there's so many people too who just want to post an image and get validation. They're just peacocking. They don't actually have any question. They don't actually want to help anyone. They just want somebody to come in and say, your work is awesome and show it off. I don't want that in my culture. I do not just want to attract show-offs. Now, I do have threads where people can put images in the comments and the replies below that are for them to get feedback and critique or to show a favorite image or whatever else. So they can still post images, but I made it very clear from the beginning that I don't want people posting images directly to the wall because it, it makes for bad user experience. And I don't want the culture of people coming to my group just to show off. There are thousands of photography Facebook groups where people can go and show off their work and they can go join one and put their work there. They can start a Facebook page, which they probably already have and post it there. They can put it on their profile and they can post it there. But I'm very clear that that's something that I don't allow. I also am incredibly strict about not allowing self-promotion in any way. And I've been doing this for so many years that I can smell like veiled self-promotion from a mile away. Like you can tell when somebody's intention and post is meant to get people to ask them what they do and to hire them and whatever else. I ain't got no time from that. I will delete and ban person without hesitation because you know, like I've seen it so many times. So like, I don't want people joining my groups in the hopes of having the other members become their clients. Like that's the definition of a spammer. Like don't join my group if you're just there to find clients like from the members of the group. Like, yes, if you want to find photography clients who are outside of the group and you just want help figuring out how to do that, absolutely join my group because then we're helping you with marketing. You're not coming to the group and marketing to the group. Very big difference. And so you need to get really clear about what you want the culture of your group to be, like what is allowed and what is not allowed. And I don't allow negativity. I mean, you can disagree with somebody, but it has to be respectful. I will not tolerate disrespect towards me, towards anyone else in the group or anything like that. I have I have no tolerance for it. And I want it to be a safe place for people to ask their questions, whether they're just starting out or whether they've been doing this for years, right? And so 
When you get really clear about what you want the culture of your group to be, it makes it very easy for you as you're growing this group and moderating it to know what's okay and what's not. Like you can put it in the rules, but also like it's easy to know how to handle a different post. The other thing you want to do and become clear on are the values and the beliefs of the group, right? So what are you for and what are you against collectively? So this is kind of leading into the movement stuff, right? Because when you know you want to be growing from not just a community of people, but really creating a movement out of those people who are members of your community, you need to stand for something. You need to have a common mission. You need to be fighting against a common problem. Now, that doesn't mean you go and attack your competitors and get ruthless about it, but it might mean, hey, we're going to fight against the fact that this industry is dying and we're going to do everything we can to uplift other photographers and help them become profitable again so that they don't have to give up their dream of doing something they love and go back to a day job that sucks the life out of their soul, right? So you can have ideas and principles and things that you're against that you're trying to overcome as a community, as a movement. And that is really, really valuable. So some of the things that I talk about is that our movement is a movement of people who really care about their clients. So I actually wrote out the values and beliefs that I want the people in my movement to embody. And so, you know, I care a lot about honesty, a high level of ethics and supporting each other, lots of different things, right? And so when you become really clear about those and you talk about those in your group, people begin to adopt this collective identity. And when they start to see themselves as a member of this group and they think, okay, as a personal brand photographer, that means that I'm actually gonna think about my clients first and what serves them best instead of just thinking about what I want and how I wanna do things. Like I have my clients' best interests in mind first. Like, And when you communicate those regularly and they begin to become more and more connected to the community, they begin to resonate with those values more and more as well. And the people who don't resonate with them will leave the group. And that's okay because if they aren't in line with the values that you want your movement to have, they're not gonna be a good fit for your community anyways. And that's just fine. And what you really wanna do to really not take it up a level is to actually create a label or a name for what they're gonna call themselves. So I learned this from Russell Brunson in Expert Secrets. Actually, a lot of the stuff that comes from this episode are things that I've heard from him or learned from experience or whatever else, but he really made it very clear in the Expert Secrets book. I'll drop a link in the show notes for you, but he talks a lot about like kind of polarizing people and creating a mass movement is what he calls it. And I picked up this tip of making a name for people from him. He calls his people funnel hackers. And so if you're a funnel hacker, you know like what your values are. He has a whole manifesto that he wrote for funnel hackers so they know exactly who they are and what their culture is and what they do and who they're against and what they're trying to overcome, right? It's powerful. It's really, really powerful. And somebody can quickly look at that and say, yep, that's me or nope, not at all me. See you later, right? And when you know, when you have that stuff so clear like that, like somebody might say, oh gosh, this is absolutely me. 
And this is my friend Molly. I got to tell my friend Molly about this because she definitely needs to be a part of it because I know this is right up her alley. So the more clear we can get about these things and, you know, like put labels on who our people are in the community when we, we give them a name, they adopt that. They take on this identity and they start making decisions based on what they think this identity like what they should do as this person. So for example, if you said that you were a, I think I might've used this example before. So bear with me if you've heard it before. But if you said you're an ultra runner versus a couch potato and you're going out to a restaurant to eat a meal and in your head, you're like, no, I'm an ultra runner. You are going to make decisions on what you eat based on that versus, oh, I'm just a couch potato. I'm lazy. I don't work out. I eat whatever. You're going to make it based on that identity that you hold. And you know that might seem obvious, but like, If you have been a couch potato, but you want to be that ultra runner and you're not yet, but you say, you know what? I want to be an ultra runner. Even if you didn't care about stuff before, even if you didn't work out before, if you didn't eat well before, the next time you go to a restaurant after adopting that label of ultra runner, you're going to make a different decision. You're going to make a decision based on who you now want to be and that label that you have now given yourself, that identity that you have now adopted. And that is so powerful when you can name the identity that you want your community and your movement to have. It's amazing. They will rally around that. They will make hashtags. They will make gifts. It is amazing what people do when they have that label. And so when we can create that label for them, it's really awesome. So as you're building your community, You want to start rewarding the people in the community that are exhibiting the values and the beliefs that you want to see in them. So if somebody goes out of their way to leave a helpful comment for one of the other members, you want to say, you know what, Molly, that comment was spot on. I love that you said it. I agree completely. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. And people are going to be blown away. And it's going to encourage other people who want to get on your radar or who want to have that validation to also start sharing really helpful comments, right? So you as the personal brand and as the guide of this movement, as the leader, have to really reinforce the values that you see. And you need to have conversations within your group that really strengthen this collective identity. So you want to start posts that ask people, you know, like, here's a situation. What would you do in this to have the highest level of ethics? Or what would be the best way to handle this from a client's perspective? Like, how can we make this as easy as possible for them? Whatever your values are, you want to start conversations in your group, in your community that get people to discuss this and think about how they would react in a way that really reflects the values you're trying to show. So you want to reward the values. You want to start conversation around those values. And you really, when people don't show those values, when you have trolls, you need to call those people out. And sometimes you might even need to take public action to put a stop to it to show that that is not going to be tolerated. Sometimes if it's just somebody spamming, it's easy enough just to delete the post, ban them and be done. But if it happens over, because you don't, you don't want to give the spammers attention because then people are going to, that's what they want. They want attention. They want exposure. So you don't want to give that to them. But you could delete those people, those posts, and then you could do a Facebook Live in your group or you could put an Instagram post up if you're building your community on Instagram talking about how you saw this activity and you know that they're better than that. And that as a story taker or whatever your label is for your people, 
you know that that a story taker would never do this and that this is why it wasn't okay and why they you know they're better than that and that you're not going to tolerate that in your group, but you will celebrate all these other positive things that you see happening already. And so you can frame things and you can call it to people's attention and it makes them wonder what happened, but it also puts that thing in their mind like, oh, I can't do that or I wouldn't do that because that's not who I am. I'm this person who has this better culture and this is what we embody and this is how we interact and this is how we support each other. So having that collective identity is really really powerful. In fact, I would recommend writing out a manifesto and putting a label to it. So I have a story taker manifesto. I call it story takers because we take somebody's story and we show them in photos. It's kind of a play on words between, between taking a picture and doing the story session system course that I teach. That's the, the way I teach personal brand photography because I believe everything is so story-based. So I have a full story taker manifesto where I go through all the things that I believe, where like believe story takers are. And I call out the good positive values that I want them to have. And I talk about all the things they are not. Like we do not make excuses. We do not play the victim. You know, any of those things could go into a manifesto very easily. And so write it out, give them a label and share it with them because it will make your group grow together so much deeper when you have that clarity and you you make it really clear about what that collective identity is and what they that identity is that they adopt when they become an active member of your community. So then finally, to start moving it into a movement, we need to connect that purpose or that manifesto into a bigger purpose. Like take our topic and say how can we make a bigger impact in the world with this, right? So How can we turn this into a movement, a way to make a difference beyond just what they're doing within the group? What are you passionate about within your topic that you can talk about and spread that passion to them, right? So for me in personal brand photography, I'm passionate about the fact that I am shaping a new industry with or a new niche within my industry. And I really feel like I'm helping save the photography industry. I fully believe it's dying. I genuinely believe that personal brand photography is the way that photography will be profitable in the future. And they get to come along and join me in this movement. Like I call them to help shape this with me. I tell them that they can make a positive impact on our industry. And it is so powerful to really equip them with this and just encourage them to step into that identity and become a story taker and to really be the best version of themselves that they can be and just embody all these positive qualities and make a different in, difference in the lives of other people as well. In fact, I want to share with you in the next episode, I had last August when I was doing my launch and doing the 1K weekend, which you guys heard about a few episodes back, I had somebody come in who was massively hating on what I was doing and making all sorts of accusations. It was totally a troll. And I didn't see it right away. I actually had a team member say, hey, you're going to want to look at this. So I want to share with you how I handled that and how I drew a line in the sand. And I use my manifesto specifically to really deepen the culture of the group. And in the end, it ended up actually getting me more sales, which I thought would happen. But I was more concerned about the group and what was okay and not. But by setting those boundaries out there and by drawing that line in the sand and saying, hey, here's who we are and here's who this is. And 
I won't tolerate that. And this is why we aren't that. And like, I'm going to talk through that whole process. It was crazy. It was scary. I've never done anything like that before. But I actually recorded a podcast back in August before I'd even launched this podcast. I recorded this moment because it felt really significant in drawing that line in the sand for my personal brand within the photography industry. So I, I went on a walk. I recorded what I was doing and why and how I was planning on handling it. And then then I went and I did my video and I drew my line in the sand. And I want to share both of those things with you. So in the next episode, I'm going to talk about what I did, how I handled trolls in general, and how you can handle them and help them actually build the best culture. So instead of seeing them as like somebody who's destroying what you're doing, you can actually transform that into a culture building experience for your community. And um, I'm going to share how I shared my manifesto with my community at that time. It wasn't even fully completed. It's actually always still kind of feels a little bit like it's a work in progress, but I'll talk about how I shared that with them. And then I'll actually let you hear the video where I did that. And then I'll talk about what happened. So I think you're going to love it. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you're going to want to do that so you don't miss it because trust me, it is really good. And if you haven't left a review yet, I would love it if you take a moment to leave a review and share this episode with somebody that you know might need it. So thanks so much for tuning in today. Go start that community. Start transitioning from just having an audience to truly building a community. And if you've already got a community, but it it just feels like a lot of work or it's not growing the way it should be, or it just doesn't have the values that it want that you want it to have, get really clear about what you want and then start presenting that to them and speaking those values to them and really uh, rewarding the people who show those values. And it's going to change everything. I can't wait. And you'll see in the next two episodes exactly how that worked in my group. So check it out. I'll see you there. Have a great rest of your day. Bye, friend. Hey, real quick before you go, number one, if you thought this episode was helpful and you know somebody personally that would enjoy it, would you send them a link to it? That would be super awesome. But second, if you enjoyed it, I also have a private podcast just for my email subscribers that I think you would really love. Now, you can listen to it on the same podcast player, just like you are this current podcast, but it's only accessible through a unique link that I will send to you via email. Now, this is the behind the scenes look at what I'm doing in my business. It's literally my thoughts about my business casually as I'm thinking about it. So it's not after I've done a bunch of stuff and I've distilled it down to a couple of points and I'm sharing, you know, just the highlights with you. Like this is the stuff in the moment that's working, that's not. Um, I have an episode in there that's all about the problems with my offer. I have things that I've been thinking about in terms of messaging and just all sorts of stuff that's going through my brain as I'm growing this business. And I'd love to share it with you. So if you would like to listen all you need to do is go to gettheprivatepodcast.com, enter your name and your email, and I will send it right over to you. You'll get an email with a link that is yours. You can't share it with other people. It won't work for them, but it will work for you. And I know that you are going to love it. You just got to click the link, follow the podcast on your favorite podcast player, and away you go. You'll be automatically updated when there's new episodes. So hope to see you on the private podcast. Again, that is gettheprivatepodcast.com and have a great day. Thanks for listening.